0: This is Greg from the Mickey Dudes Podcast. We recently had the pleasure of chatting with James H. Carter II, director of Foolish Mortals, a Haunted Mansion documentary. Shortly following our interview, the Kickstarter campaign funding the project commenced. You can continue to support the documentary by visiting their website at foolishmortalsdoc.com and clicking on the store link. While there, you can find some incredibly unique merchandise offered by equally incredibly talented artists. And now, without further interruption, we present our interview with James H. Carter II. Hey, this is Greg, producer of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. If you're a fan of The Haunted Mansion and all things creepy, then we have a real treat for you. So come on over, grab yourself a chair, and join me in the corner chat. I'm very excited to welcome our special guest he's a lifelong disney fan independent filmmaker host of the creepy kingdom podcast and director of foolish mortals a haunted mansion documentary please help me in welcoming to the corner chat mr james h carter hi james and thanks for joining me
1: hey how are you
0: fantastic hey i really appreciate it it's midnight here on the east coast and we had a rainy stormy kind of day So it seems only fitting that we happen to be recording under these foreboding conditions. Now, of course, I could ruin the mood here by asking you how the weather is in Southern California, but (laughs) I'm not going to do that. So let's uh, get started here and lower the safety bar. Sure. (laughs) And get a little backstory on the Creepy Kingdom podcast and the evolution of foolish mortals. When did you decide that creating a documentary about the Haunted Mansion was something that you wanted to do?
1: When did I decide? It It was early this year. Um, it kind of, you know, it ties in with my podcast, so the, the premise of uh, our show is to talk about the creepiness of uh, Disney films and the theme parks. Through doing the show, there's been a lot of discussion of, of Haunted Mansion topics and things that have come up, and spoken with some artists that have done some uh, fan art and uh, their own interpretations of them, and, and also through doing the show, I got to meet a lot of people that were huge Haunted Mansion fans, so... I kind of started seeing that there was this uh, this cult, this fan culture, that was way deeper than I uh, thought it was at all. <laughs> you know, I used to think that I was a like a huge haunted mansion fan, but there's people uh, out there that I was meeting that you know take it to whole other levels. So I just kind of kept thinking about that and. And eventually I was like, you know, I think this would be a good good idea for a documentary. And as soon as I thought that, I just I was obsessed with it. I never stopped thinking about that and, until I had to tell someone. And and then I told a few people that said it was a good idea. And I was like, all right, let's do this.
0: And it's been full steam ahead ever since. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it interesting that there's this whole culture around the Haunted Mansion that you don't find surrounding any attraction either in... Disneyland or Walt Disney World, it's almost like the story has been crafted and created that maybe parts of that have been put in place by Disney, but a lot of it too has been kind of passed down by cast members or even made up by guests. Can you kind of fill us in on some of those details?
1: Sure. Well, that's actually really close to one of my theories why people have such a connection to the Haunted Mansion. Is that the story is very vague? There is somewhat of a story if you ask about it. You know, usually you ride a uh, a Disney attraction. There's a very clear storyline. Something is all right. Then something goes terribly wrong, and then we got to get out of it. You know, I mean that's just that's the, uh, yeah. the plot line for you know for almost every single Disney attraction. And we're so we're kind of conditioned for that. And with Haunted Mansion, it's is. There's almost no story there, and so with that, I think people kind of fill in the blanks themselves, and since they do that, it's it's their interpretation, and it's very personal to them, and they find they're really connected to it. I think that's what's kind of going on there.
0: Yeah, and one thing that I found really interesting is the fact that you're not going to be shooting in the parks, so where is most of that filming going to take place?
1: Well, we want to go to where the fans are, <laughs> you know? So basically what happened was when we announced the project a few months back, I kind of put out an open call for Haunted Mansion fans to email us if they want to be in the film. And one of the reasons I did that was to kind of get a, a feel for where people are so that we can kind of start navigating where we'd have to go you know, to shoot it. I didn't really feel artistically there was much merit to shooting inside of the parks because it's about the fans. I'm not just going to interview a bunch of people right outside the haunted mansion. I mean that's just going to get boring after a while. We kind of want to uh, we want to see how the haunted mansion has impacted people's personal lives and their and or their professional lives. So we need to kind of go where they are to do that effectively, I think. Also want to kind of separate ourselves from people thinking that this is some kind of guerrilla breaking the rules kind of documentary because it states on Disneyland and Walt Disney World's website that you're not allowed to shoot video inside the theme parks for commercial use. So we're like, well, there's, there's no need to even open up that Pandora's box. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, right. And speaking of shooting in the parks, that has its own set of logistics, trying to smuggle camera equipment in and look as inconspicuous as possible. But the one thing I wanted to find out from you is thinking about the project and what's involved, the logistics of what you're doing, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing? Huh,
1: interesting question. Um, (laughs) I can't really think of one thing in particular. That's why I'm kind of uh, stumped here a little bit. I would say when when it comes to mine... It's really about time. There's a lot of planning right. that goes into orchestrating something like this. And I seem to never have enough time. <laughs> I seem to. <laughs> there's, like, there's never enough hours in the day <laughs> to, <laughs> to get what needs to get done. And between just running social media, uh, planning where we're going to shoot, answering emails of fans. I've also been doing a lot of press to get the word out, uh, tons of press. You know, like every aspect of a film, a filmmaking, besides the actual filmmaking, is all is what we're doing now. Because we, you know, because we haven't started making the movie yet, <laughs> so it's like pre-production, promotion, like all at the same time. It's kind of nuts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> all at once. Yeah. So based on that, what's the current status of the project? Do you have some parts of the documentary in the can as far as filming is concerned? Is there? Have you started on? Any kind of post-production or editing phase yet?
1: Basically, we shot a few things that may or may not actually be in the uh, in the film. We wanted to kind of get a little bit of proof of concept before we uh, launched our Kickstarter. Right. When we put together our Kickstarter, we got to put together a nice video. And when you're doing a Kickstarter for a documentary, <laughs> you got to kind of show proof of concept in the video. You can't just say, "Well, I hope to make this one day." So, right, you know, right. So we we wanted to. Uh, Kind of get started, and you know those things may or may not be in the in the final product. The things that we shot, I'm sure some of them will in some form, but we haven't begun what is the core shooting of the documentary at all. So,
0: well, something that had appeared in the trailer on the Kickstarter page was the fact that you'll be doing some 3D modeling, which kind of piqued my interest. Can you give us a little bit of detail on that? Sure.
1: Well, that kind of ties into not shooting in the parks, so that's what kind of burnt that idea because we figured obviously we're going to want Footage of the haunted mansion, or something—you know, some kind of imagery. Right. <laughs> we're not going to break the rules there and just shoot a bunch of B-roll of the haunted mansion and then <laughs> throw it into our uh, into our film. Yeah, uh, we came up with the idea to do this 3D rendering. Pretty soon, we will have kind of a little bit of a preview of, of a most completed sequence, just to kind of wet people's appetites. But that's something that's going to be pretty elaborate as we as we go through the film, and we're not right. just going to do it just to do it and then make it fit, <laughs> you know, make it work. <laughs> Just for the yeah, sake of yeah. doing it, yeah. yeah. It's pretty time-consuming, not necessarily just to do it, but to uh, render it out. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The sequence itself is not very long, and the rendering process is uh, days long for like 30-second thing. I heard that's not really un- uncommon, not that what we're doing is compared to Pixar or whatever, but I've heard some numbers of how long it takes them to render out the movies they work on, and... That's why these movies are in production at Pixar for so long. It probably is like six months of render time.
0: (laughs) It's insane. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I know. I'm using terminology people might not understand when you say render, but it basically takes it from the form that you are able to edit it and manipulate it to the form that could be watched by others (laughs) outside of the editing software. So that's usually what what rendering refers to.
0: (laughs) You recently revealed that... Disney legend and Imagineer Raleigh Crump will be appearing in the film. Yes. That's just incredible. So, can you share with us how that situation materialized? Materialized. We're we're full of puns yeah, tonight yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Right?
1: Yeah, that's that's one choice I made as I talked about. Yeah, I was like, if I'm gonna go do these interviews and tell the stuff that I'm not gonna be uh, throwing the pun, so you feel free to do it on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, so you have Raleigh Crump, Disney legend, who designed the Museum of the Weird, which was what the haunted mansion transformed into and you can even see traces of the museum of the weird in the haunted mansion to this day and he's done so many other things as well Worked directly with walt disney responsible for a lot of a lot of other things that go on and on and on about (laughs) so he has a book out called it's kind of a cute story and that book was co-written by a friend of mine uh, jeff heimbuck you may know him as the one of the hosts from the Communicar Weekly podcast, ah, yes, uh, among other various projects that Jeff's involved in. So, so Jeff uh, connected me with Raleigh, which is basically what happened. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so I got in touch with, with him and told him about what we were doing and why I'd want him to be a part of it. He was all about it. <laughs> so we were.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, that's amazing. So,
1: yeah, we're pretty exciting. And that's really special, too, because a lot of people we have in the film that are scheduled to appear in the film are people that have achieved some level of success in their field, whether it be filmmakers or artists, special effects artists. And you know, we definitely want to explore the the impact Haunted Mansion has on what they do for a living. But we, as to this point, don't have we didn't have anyone in our documentary that was responsible for creating it, <laughs> you know. So, and there's there's not that many people uh, left alive actually that were responsible for uh, creating it. <laughs> so it's 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 very special. It's very awesome. And we're we're definitely looking forward to um, including it in our film. I think it's going to make it very. I can't think of the right, strong enough adjective.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it just adds so much impact, and it's going to be amazing. Well, in addition to Mr. Crump, you have some Kickstarter rewards from the likes of Disney Master artist Kevin John Jabinski, Imagineer Terry Harden, and artist Topher Adams. Can you give us some details on the perks that they'll be providing to the project?
1: Sure. Kevin John is an amazing artist. He's a Disney artist. His, his stuff is sold in the parks. He is offering to do a, uh, a portrait of whoever pays this reward. It's a, it's a pretty high-priced one. <laughs> but to, to draw someone as the same style as his hat box goes piece that's kind of a once in a lifetime thing he's only doing one and that that's pretty cool i know a lot of people that have wanted that that are like oh man if i had the money for that incredible <laughs> yeah But that it's a very exclusive thing so it's it's definitely for the uh, the disney collectors out there
0: so there's one of those opportunities yeah. correct
1: and as of right now it is still available <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see what happens with that so yeah with uh, so we have imagineer terry harden who is uh contributing a lot to us she she has a history of creating um figures like collectible figures that disney has sold throughout the years so she was offering to kind of do exclusive one of the hatbox ghost uh it'd be a limited edition of 10 so another Mm -hmm. high roller uh collector (laughs) thing there but she's also doing something a little um more affordable as well where she she also creates uh enhanced sculpts uh pins so She's doing a limited edition pin of the Hatbox Ghost, and there's we have concept art that she drew up for that, so that's that's pretty cool. And so, and uh, Topher Adams has a, a whole slew of haunted mansion inspired art. <laughs> uh, he is he is he's an amazing artist, and he's. Super obsessed with the Haunted Mansion, so he's got these uh, these prints that he's um, offering you know us for our our, uh, our campaign. And part of the fun of that is that there's only seven of them, and you don't know which one you're gonna get. It's kind of oh, wow, it's a, it's a mystery print. <laughs> cool so yeah those so those are the the uh, rewards that we have uh, partnered with with other people for our campaign
0: that's fantastic and if that doesn't urge people to contribute i don't know what will because there's some amazing talent not just with those three artists but any more folks contributing to the project
1: oh yeah no, it's the people that have reached out and want to be a part of this is it's very exciting this whole concept and idea has just keep snowballing into something bigger and bigger and bigger every step of the way. So it's like a living and breathing organism. I don't I feel like I don't even have control over it anymore. It's just <laughs> so the, it's very exciting to see where all this is going, where it's going to take us.
0: It's a very passionate community, for sure. Yeah,
1: well, that again, that was the whole reason why we wanted to do this. <laughs> That's why and that was one reason we decided to, to do a Kickstarter because we were, we felt that this really lended itself to that type of funding is to kind of get people, the fans, who the film's about, to to literally be invested in it, you know, not just personally or emotionally, but financially as
0: well. Right. <laughs> you know. Let me ask you, out of this entire experience so far, are there any interesting stories or favorite moments that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Hmm. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's tough because... There's some things, you know, where it's going to materialize in the film. So I'm not really quite ready to let the cat out of the bag on a bunch of stuff. But, and not to cycle back on what we were just talking about, but actually, the number one thing to me when I think about this, even if nothing else happens, even if the, the film gets canceled and nothing happens at all, was that phone conversation I had with Rolly Crump on the phone was, it was incredible. <laughs> I couldn't believe I was talking to him on the phone, so, <laughs> so I'd I have to point to that, really, because that, that's just not something that happens every day. You know, he was just talking about working with Walt and and just being a huge Haunted Mansion fan and just a fan of the theme parks and all that stuff. I'm very familiar with him and who he is and what he's accomplished. And I've seen tons of interviews with him and... I've seen the vintage footage of him and Walt Disney on some Wonderful World of Disney or whatever Disneyland TV special or whatever, was on. So it's kind of like, it's surreal to be just having a, a conversation with the man. So, <laughs> so I have to say it was that moment so far.
0: Yeah, I would liken that to an out-of-body experience or something. It's like you hang up the phone. Wow, did I just really have that conversation? <laughs> that, that must have been un- unreal.
1: Well, that particular day was I was not having a good day, and it just turned my mood completely around like I just couldn't help but smile when I got you know I was like glowing almost so it was it had that kind of effect
0: on me <laughs> so. that's fantastic, I tell you we had touched earlier actually on the, in the intro that you've been a a lifer, as we call it. But can we go back and find out when you got bit by the Disney bug? Were you a young lad, or had it been something that occurred in your your later years here? Or when did that all
1: happen? Oh, it yeah. It happened at a very young age. My uh, my parents kind of uh, shoved Disney down my throat from birth.
0: <laughs> right. Um, <laughs>
1: I can't really remember a time without... Something Disney in my life. Not that my parents weren't like super hardcore, like like I am now, or anything by any means. But you know, one of my earliest memories, and yeah, it really is one of my earliest memories, is this book that I had. It was uh, it was a kind of read along book. It was called A Haunted House, but it was basically a book version of the uh, of the Disney short uh, Lonesome Ghost, where uh, Mickey, Donald, Goofy are ghost hunters.
0: Ah.
1: Yeah. And gotcha. um, I was obsessed with that book, you know, and, and I very often and I still have it somewhere in my parents' basement. But uh, I made sure I held on it over the years because I was like, I see kind of a direct line between me having that book at a very young age, maybe three, you know, that's when I was, was when I had it, you know, mm-hmm. maybe even two. I don't know. But I don't really remember too much when I was three years old. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's hard to go think back that far. But I was I see a direct line between having that and loving creepy disney stuff to this day mm-hmm. so but also and then when the i grew up in the vhs uh boom of the 80s and when all these old movies start showing up on vhs and so that then my parents kind of started sharing with me the disney movies that they loved that weren't available before such as darby o'gill parent trap just stuff like that that they grew up with as well as every time the animated classics came in the theater um, we always went to see them i probably saw snow white in the movie theater like three times through three different cycles i've seen cinderella a bunch of times so all that stuff was just it was just kind of ingrained in me you know it was just always there and then when i was nine years old so i grew up in new jersey for half of my youth (laughs) so anyways when i was nine years old then we went to walt disney world for the first time and my mind just exploded i had no real frame of reference before i mean i knew of disneyland before just from watching all these VHS tapes and I knew that it existed but I didn't even know that there was a difference between Disneyland and Disney World but I mean I was nine years old in 1986 you know (laughs) I had no frame of reference for any of this stuff (laughs) you know and it was uh, it was in my mind and then shortly after that we moved to California about a little bit, like a little over an hour away from Disneyland and that's where I, I uh, grew up the rest of to my teenage and adulthood years. So I went to Disneyland so many times and I actually have no idea how many times. So that's, that's really where I fell in love and grew, grew, grew an attachment <laughs> to, uh, to the theme parks. So yeah, this Disney thing. It's always been there.
0: (laughs) Well, it's fortunate that you've had the exposure to both coasts and are able to enjoy Disney World and Disneyland. A lot of folks, they're just one coast family, so you are fortunate in that respect. That's pretty awesome. Thinking ahead, once this project is completed, Is there anything that you have in the queue or anything else that you're working on now that you'd like to share with us?
1: Well, sure. I mean, the thing that will remain, which is what started all of this, is uh, my podcast. That will continue forward. You know, I have other film ideas, not necessarily documentary (laughs) narrative films that I would like to work on. But in the realm of uh, Disney stuff, (laughs) another thing that... I want to do is create like a a creepy uh, tour guide of Disneyland and Walt Disney World so that if somebody doesn't usually go to the parks that likes, the creepier, darker stuff, whether they're a horror fan or mm-hmm. or whatever, could, they could have my take this book and say, oh, well, if you go, you got to make sure that, I mean, Haunted Mansion's an easy one. Make sure to go on this ride, because most people don't, you know, make sure you go on Snow White's Scary Adventures, because that ride's pretty creepy. Don't be fooled by thinking that it's a cute ride. Just stuff like that. Mm-hmm, right. And also, uh, you know, and you also talk about a little bit of, the, of creepy history, because there's, a, you know, Disneyland in particular, has a lot of things that were pretty creepy that aren't there anymore. Like, for example, um, I think it was in the 50s, on the Main Street Cinema, they actually had someone dressed as the Phantom of the Opera who would hide and and jump out at people (laughs) when they walked by. No kidding. (laughs) Which makes zero sense of any... (laughs) It doesn't make sense thematically because it's a movie theater, not an opera. (laughs) And also why... It's this character that's not a Disney character there. And also, why are they terrifying people walking down Main Street? Like, everything about it doesn't make any sense. And I fa- I found, like, one or two pictures of this. But there's not much more information out there about why this took place. Hmm. But
0: stuff like that's kind of cool to know. Yeah, it's very intriguing.
1: And in my whole view of Disney and why I do my podcasts is to say that this creepy element is just as prevalent as the happy non-creepy element because most people think of Disney as a brand or Disneyland as a place it's just such a happy sunshine fun place and i just like to argue that yeah that's there but this creepy element is is there as well and it's always been there since the very beginning snow white and pinocchio are creepy and terrifying films and those dark rides that they created when Disneyland opened reflected that (laughs) you know and they're still there in Disneyland at least I know that they've pretty much been almost wiped clean and in Magic Kingdom, but
0: yeah, and if you go back to the original stories, oh yeah. On top
1: of that, yeah, yeah, the the grim fairy tales, <laughs> Very twisted, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so take it even step back, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure when that will materialize. That's something that it's kind of been something I want to do for a while, and I just kind of put on the back burner. But as I've been asked recently, what's next after Foolish Mortals? I'm like, oh, I might as well just start saying this in public. So now I have to do it. <laughs>
0: Well, I know that there'd be a ton of interest in that. From my standpoint, would look forward to seeing something along those lines. Well, cool. Yeah, I hope to.
1: Um, I hope to kind of uh, navigate it and get it going while we're doing the documentary. With the documentary being my main focus, of course. So it's not. It's not like I'm waiting till it's all over <laughs> to uh, to do it. So I'm just gonna try to work on that during the downtime because we. We also plan to shoot over a long period of time. So it's not just like a short Mm -hmm. few weeks of constant traveling or anything like that. Like you mentioned before, I'm based in Southern California. So uh, we want to shoot through eh, maybe early July to uh, the end of October. So we have a pretty wide period of uh, shooting. So I'm sure I'll be able to get some work on my book at the same time. (laughs) So we'll see. Yeah,
0: that sounds fantastic. I'm really excited about it. Well, here at the Mickey Dudes, we are huge fans of the Haunted Mansion and wish you tons of luck with the balance of the project. And we look forward to seeing the completed documentary. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Before we wrap things up, though, we like to put our guests to the test with a series of rapid-fire questions inspired by the movie Cars that we call the Piston Cup Challenge. Mikey McQueen
1: is going to win the Best
0: Income! Do you have a few minutes to join us for that, James? Let's do it. All right, so here's how our game works. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock, and your goal is to answer all of my questions and make it around the track before time is up. So do you have your engine started, James? Before I rev it up. (laughs) Are you ready to go? (laughs) Do I have any clue of what these questions are going to be about? (laughs) Absolutely not. All right. (laughs) They are questions that you will certainly enjoy and are right up your alley all right let's do it all, all right. right let's do it all right pedal to the metal james ready let's go favorite legacy video format vhs or betamax vhs better haunted mansion east coast or west coast i will not decide <laughs> okay <laughs> dole whip or dole float dole whip favorite mansion character backstory constance hatchaway Hatbox Ghost or Madame Leota? Madam Leota. I edit video on a Mac or PC? Mac. Haunted Mansion holiday overlay in Disneyland, yay or nay? Yay. All right, James, we're coming into the home stretch. I don't know if we're going to make it, but we're going to push here and try. Best snack, Mickey pretzel or cream cheese filled pretzel? Cream
1: cheese filled.
0: Yes, definitely. Favorite prop from the Haunted Mansion attraction? Uh, Madame Leota. <laughs> All right, true or false? I secretly hope to be that guy at Monsters, Inc. LaFleur. False. <laughs> Finally, last question, we're at the finish line here. Yes or no, is the Haunted Mansion really haunted?
1: Yes. All right. <laughs> Congratulations,
0: James. You accepted the Piston Cup Challenge and made it in time and with only a few tenths of a seconds to spare. Awesome job. Is that really 30 seconds? Wow. That seemed longer than <laughs> that. In podcast magic, it was less than 30 seconds. Okay. All right. Well, before we exit our doom buggies, can you please tell our listeners where they can learn more about Foolish Mortals, a Haunted Mansion documentary?
1: Sure thing. Uh, you can find um, everything you need. Information about our crowdfunding, our blog, which is, we update very often, our social media links, everything. The link to this documentary can be found at our website, which is foolishmortalsdoc.com.
0: Fantastic. And for me, you can always find me on Twitter at GeneVis, that's N-E-V-I-U-S, and you can look me up on Facebook at Greg Nevis. Well, that's going to bring our episode of the Corner Chat to a close. James, thanks once again for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. And you have an open invitation to join us in the future with any updates on the project. And again, we wish you much success. Thank you very much. Well, on behalf of my special guest, Mr. James H. Carter, and the rest of the Mickey Dudes podcast crew, thank you for tuning in. And remember, there's room for one more. We'll see you again next time